You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to session six of season two. I am so grateful to you all for listening, for being part of this journey so far, for all the feedback we've been getting and just Thank you, thank you, thank you for being part of this with us. I'm really excited for you to listen to today's episode because I feel like it's almost just like a good level set. And I know that sounds a little bit funny to say, but what we're basically talking about is like how things are different in the coaching arena, how objections are different, Um, you know, the up-leveling and Sam's discomfort in certain areas with that, how she wants to be able to grow, how we're going to do that in a way that actually serves her, what she needs to focus on all of that. And it just feels like this beautiful foundation setting episode. And I think if you're someone who is brand new, it's going to really serve you in just saying like, you can answer a lot of these questions for yourself right now too. And if you're someone who's scaling, I think it really shows you that sometimes just going back to the basics, looking at exactly what you need to be focusing on, getting over the discomfort of up-leveling and level setting with yourself is so crucial in terms of getting to the next level and moving past those things that, you know, have a tendency to want to keep us stuck which are like all the shiny objects and all the things we should be doing, right? And so this episode is going to really help you get clarity on that, level set for yourself too, and it's going to be so beautiful to see how Sam does that. So let's listen. Beautiful. So what's going on? Um, Yeah, I've just been like super busy like last two weeks or last week I don't even know when we last talked it feels like a journey but um I chose my scholarship winner we had our first um coaching call yesterday so that went great um and then I've been reaching out to everybody else that wasn't a hard no so I sent them I sent everybody like the first pitch email yeah. last week. And then um I got a couple of initial responses. Like one person was just like, nah, I'm good. Like literally no objection, just like I'm good, which I was not surprised that that was the response I got from that person. Um, and then I got like a couple of money objections. I got like a soft yes. So that's good. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, so she's just like, I just have to like figure out the money, but I definitely want to do it. So um, I just like am giving, you know, I like responded like, great, okay. Like, you know, I want to make sure, you know, I offered like she could put down the $500 deposit. We can start in January if she wants so she can like kind of get her ducks in a row. So uh, I was emailing with her about that, like I think on Monday this week. And then I just responded back to the couple of people I got money objections from today. And then I followed up with everybody else today as well. So I probably, I mean, it's been like a little less than a week. So I don't think um, I waited too long, but I basically need to follow up with them like at least one, if not two more times, like before the November 15th, like fast action bonus deadline. Yeah, I would say definitely two more times at least. 
Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I was in my mastermind this morning and then and we were talking about some somebody felt like she was like, oh, I feel weird about following up. Like it's annoying. And I was telling her, I was like, no, 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 you have to follow up. Like most people only follow up like three times, like 90% of salespeople like follow up three times or less or whatever. And then I was watching your value centered sales course and you basically (laughs) said the exact same thing like an hour later. Totally. I was like, yeah, that's funny. So, um, yeah, I definitely like never feel weird about following up. Like, you know, me and this podcast is a perfect example. You had to basically chase me down. So people are busy. And until I like get an actual no, then I'll keep following up. I spoke in the last episode about how important follow-up is, but I just want to underscore that again. Follow-up is so key. And what I really want to talk about here is personalization. I think so many people want this like, you know, drag and drop follow-up process. And to a certain extent, there is a way to have, you know, a templated system for sure. But what I see to be the most useful in follow-up is personalization. I think this is where a lot of people miss the mark. You know, you've just had a call with someone you've, you know, they've maybe shared their hopes and their dreams and their challenges, whatever. And then we're following up with this templated email that matches nothing about what they just said, or that doesn't even touch on what they just said. And that creates this huge disconnect almost immediately. Like it doesn't feel like you saw me, you heard me and you got me. And so in your follow-up process, I just so strongly recommend that you include personalization. Speak to exactly what they said to you on the phone. Mention that exact thing you were talking about. Talk about those exact hopes and dreams that they shared with you. And they're going to feel that connection with you in a deep way. They're going to feel like they're a person on the other end of that email, not a sale. And those things make the biggest difference in actually getting the conversion and quite honestly, getting a client that feels connected to you, which is so important, right? So really, really look at the follow-up process, not as something to kind of uh, plug and play, but as something to really personalize because it will be worth it in the end. Yeah, for sure. I also think like something that's true for like you, your people is that they are working full-time jobs. They are super busy. They are trying to do a lot of this on the side. And so like that recognition is really important there too, where like, it's just easier to get lost in the shuffle. It's not like they're in their business all day long. Right. Exactly. And that was especially because like last week I sent the emails to everybody, the pitch emails to everybody on Halloween. So I was already like, oh, this isn't great, but like, it's fine. And then Halloween was a Thursday. So then I was like, well, you know, that's a holiday. And then Friday is a Friday. And then the weekend, like maybe they're checking it. Maybe they happen to be busy that weekend. So in my brain, I'm like, they basically didn't even have a chance to look at it until Monday at the earliest this week. So that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah, totally. So I would say like minimum two, if not more. Um, yeah. Tell me about the money objections specifically. I would love for us to dive into those a bit. So yeah, both of them were basically just like, I just like don't have the money for it right now. Like that was it. It was like a really flat um, objection. Um like, it's just not in my budget right now, um, which I was kind of some of them I was like anticipating it because not everybody I had discovery calls with like still has a full time job too. Um, so like somebody just said, like, I just can't afford the one on one coaching at the moment. Um, like, I'll reach out if anything changes. That was like two or three of them. Okay. So, Yeah. And what did you kind of say back to that at this point? Um, I basically was like, you know, I really understand it's a big investment and I, you know, obviously I want you to feel comfortable about making it. 
Um, you know, if you really feel like this is the right time, like for your business to show up and like really start building the business that like we talked about on our call, you know, I do think this is something to consider. So it's kind of like, you know, just like digging a little bit deeper into like, okay, right. But like, it's an investment in your business, that kind of a thing. So, you know, towing the line of like, I don't want to be like super like pushy, right? Obviously. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. It was kind of weird because they were just like, shut it down. Like, don't have the money, period. So it was like, mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have as much wiggle room. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's something that's interesting for you. And I think we talked about this briefly in base camp too is that you're in a different position selling coaching than you are in your agency, right? Right. So in your agency, what does someone have to have to hire you? Basically, all they have to have is trust in you, right? Right. It has almost nothing to do with them in this really odd, funny way, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely, like, build that trust, like, right away. Mm-hmm. And in coaching, it's almost the exact opposite. I mean, certainly they have to have trust in you, but like, who do they have to have the most trust in? Right, themselves. Themselves, exactly. And so this is just really you navigating a new edge around helping them find that and helping them step into that, where before you never really had to have that conversation because they just trusted you and that was that, right? So something that's interesting with coaching is that it definitely is different than done-for-you services in the fact that with done-for-you, most people are really deciding if they can put their trust in you, right? So in Sam's agency, what they're really deciding is, do I trust this girl enough to pay her to do my digital marketing, right? They're really deciding, do I trust her more than anything else? There's definitely still a level of self-trust in the business there too, but most businesses that are hiring her are much further along too, right? But the thing with coaching is that we're really having to decide, do we trust ourselves? So, so many of the objections are not just about value, but they're about self-trust too. So that's something you're gonna hear us touch on more and more throughout the upcoming sessions, I imagine, because really seeing that opportunity to help people lean into their own self-trust, which is absolutely required of hiring a coach and building your business and, and leaving the nine to five for the people Sam wants to support. And so we're gonna help her navigate how to incorporate that into overcoming objections and how to look at that in a new way that she hasn't before in her digital agency. Right. Yeah, for sure. So it's definitely like I said, like, you know, are you, you know, this is a big investment. So like, I want to make sure you're comfortable. And also like, if you're really ready to show up for yourself and for your business, like I 100% like want to support you in that, that kind of thing. So I kind of spoke to that, I think. I don't know. I was like, I sent both those emails and I was like, "Mm, I'm not uh, loving it, but it is what it is. How did you end it? Was it kind of like, let me know? Or was there a question? Or did you kind of just close it off? Or like, what was that end piece there? Um, I did. So I lifted some of this stuff from your value-centered sales. So I was like, if you're ready, um, you know, I definitely want to work with you. But if you're not sure, like, please reach out to me if you have any questions or concerns. So that's why I think I wasn't like feeling thrilled about it because it was a little more like wishy-washy. Yeah, it was more like something you'd say on the call, but then you were like trying to translate it to email sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I was really struggling with that. So 
Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, so let me know when, like, I don't know. I I go for, like, a harder close usually. Mm-hmm. So I felt weird about it a little bit. And I think it was, like, we weren't on a call, so I was trying to, like, figure out how to... <laughs> Be like, okay, but, like, I want to, like, push you on that a little bit, but not in, like, a gross way, but just, like, a, you know, think about this kind of a way. Um, But it was, like, I was struggling to translate it into email. Totally. I think the best thing that we can do at this point is wait a few days and then offer another call. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, like, thinking as well. So see what their response is there, and then we can move it back to a call so that you feel like you can have that experience of being able to go for the harder sell without it feeling weird via email, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, let's just add that to the list here, which is that we'll have you uh, follow back up. What's today? Like, I don't even know what day it is, Wednesday. Six. Like, I would maybe follow back up Friday or Monday. I definitely am, because... Yeah, I'll definitely follow up Friday because then, like, next week's going to be hard with my training. Yeah, yeah. And even if you were like, hey, I'm busy, I'm full this week, but you can get on a call with me the following week, that's fine, too. It's really just about solidifying that call, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's more like I just want to do, yeah, like, everything I can do this week, I want to do this week, and, like, everything else is going to pretty much have to wait. Like, I can respond to emails next week, but, like, beyond that, like, it's just going to have to get pushed, so. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um. Yeah, so I'm doing, like, any, every fo- any follow-up that I can do is happening this week. Perfect. So I think um another thing that comes up for me is in terms of um, the money piece, like with those specific people, and and we don't have to go into the depths of detail, but we can go there. Like, um, where were they in their business? Like, were was everyone that's giving the money objection has already left their job, or they haven't, or it was a mix, or like, is there any themes that are kind of coming up here? Mm, one does still have a full time job, and then. The other one doesn't have a full-time job. And then, and they were, they're both like, um, you know, the income that they want to be making, like their income goal, goal was like pretty conservative, like 2500 to like $3,000. Um, mm-hmm. Even that one person who's not at, like they, she just has like a part-time job that she likes and she doesn't really want to leave. So... Yeah, and then I had somebody else who was kind of, like, a more general, like, it was, she wasn't definitely, like, a money objection, it was just, like, I'm not able to take you up on this, so I responded to her kind of, like, trying to open up that conversation a little bit um, about, like, just, like, where does she, like, you know, what does she feel is the right next step for her kind of a thing, because I feel like it's, on on email, it's kind of hard, like, I can't be like, well, why not? on via email right like i would in a (laughs) like in a call so i kind of tried to like open that conversation back up with her totally i think you know like there's a couple of things here one it's like a beautiful lesson learned that like when you do sales calls in the future you're obviously going to be able to get to the objection on the call so that's so much easier right right? um but two is totally an opportunity to get back on the phone and also a great opportunity to just notice that like um you know basically uh 
people are having these at, at different places. Like, so some have a job and are still having it. Some don't. Some have, you know, really conservative income projections. Some have higher income goals, whatever. But if you can right. go to those specifics, whether it's on the call or in the email, like, hey, I know that you're still in your job. And so the idea of investing in this and showing up for this and da 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 feels really hard because of this. Or, hey, I know you're mm. not in your job anymore and you're, you know, only looking to make X. So the idea of investing X feels really stressful, but blah, 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 blah. Like what I would say in follow-up is that personalization, especially in the like coaching realm is so, so, so useful. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And obviously easier to do on the phone, but also still potential depending on their response via email. Yeah, yeah. And they both like were just like, I just can't afford it right now. But like definitely when I'm in a space where I can, like I'll let you know. So it really was just like a money objection. But like, let's talk about that for a second. Do you really, are you like, yeah, totally is just money or do you feel like it's, there's more to that? I mean, I think that, I don't know, it's kind of hard to tell because I feel like for them, it's just, it was like immediately like, no, I can't afford it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It wasn't like as much of a back and forth. So it's hard to tell, you know, especially without getting back on the phone with them, if that was just like, yeah, because they could never imagine investing in their business at that level. It, like, it was that why it was such a quick no? You know what I mean? Or versus like oh I didn't you know they didn't get enough value out of the discovery call so then that plus the investment is making them like a quick no you know what I mean it's kind of hard to tell well I think that um I really have the belief that there's only one of two reasons people aren't gonna buy right they don't trust themselves or they don't see the value Mm -hmm. right money is just an offshoot of that right it's sort of like, yeah. this is just a dumb example, but let's use it. It's sort of like um, people that are like buying franchises, like to start a business. Mm-hmm. Like a wide, wide, wide majority of them do not quote unquote have that cash, right? Right. Like most people that are investing in a franchise do not like have 100 G's sitting around. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just make a decision. They just trust that. They see the value in this business. They trust themselves to build it and they take out capital to do that, right? hmm In my opinion, we have to treat this just the same, right? Where right. it's like, this isn't any different just because it's an online business or because you don't have to invest $100,000 in a franchise or a brick and mortar store or whatever, right? Yeah. Which is that sometimes we're going to have to find ways to get capital, to get the support we need, to get the results that we want. And so sometimes if we co-sign that, I just don't have the money stuff too much. What we're really saying is like, you're right. You should definitely only and ever invest in your business when you have that money sitting around. Mm-hmm. Versus like, well, actually, that's kind of how businesses get built. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is that we figure it out, we make investments, we trust ourselves, we show up and we do it, right? Yeah. So the reason I say all that is to say that I think that that's a helpful way for you to start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Simply because I think it will let you push them in a different way. Where like your digital marketing people, it is almost totally different. Like most of the time, like they do have the cash to invest because they're looking right. for you to grow them in a different way. But they're a, they're already a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they're already an existing they're like business established cash, right? Yeah. Established. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. 
Yeah. So what comes up for you when I say that? Are you like, yeah, totally in agreement with that? Or are you like, that one's a little tough for me? Or what pops up? No, it does make sense. And I tried to like, in the initial pitch email, I did try to like by focusing more on like what the monthly investment is. Yep. Um, and then weaving in the overall investment, like I did try to start to do that just because like $5,000 investment, like that's scary for a lot of people, right? They're like, I don't have $5,000 just sitting around, right? But the fact that it's like, it is monthly and you can do a deposit and things like that. Like, it's really like, I'm giving you every opportunity and like making it as easy as possible to make this happen for you, like to make this investment for yourself and your business, right? Like, I'm not saying, oh, you need to pay me the $5,000 upfront. And like, I don't care how you get it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I know that you're building your business. So I have structured this offer in a way that, you know, I hope works well for you. Right. But and like, it is really valuable. So it makes sense. I think like, I guess just remembering that in the follow up. And when I'm like, responding to the objections and things like that like so you don't have the money so you don't have the five thousand dollars or you're saying you don't have like the 833 or even the 500 dollar deposit for yourself for your business like right now yeah i mean i think a really good question too is like let's say you did invest five thousand like do you trust yourself to show up to make that back right yeah Right. Cause that's yeah. an interesting question. Like, if the answer is no to that, they're never spending that money. Right. Like, yeah. under no set of circumstances is the answer no to that, and you're getting a sale. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, right? I mean, the only time that would be a yes is if they did just have the $5,000 sitting around. Like, that would be the only instance. Yeah. And maybe not even then if they didn't trust themselves to make it back. Right. It would basically be like if they didn't mind lighting $5,000 on fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely did like try to speak like brought it back to like, I want to show up for you. But like, I, you know, you have to show up for yourself in order for this investment to ever be worth it or like any investment to ever be worth it and things like that. So we'll see. Um, I don't I that was only like two people that I responded to. So I definitely kind of like wanted to get their responses because they had emailed me earlier this week. Yeah. Like in response to my pitch. But um. Yeah, I definitely want to try and, like, think about, like, see if they'll get back on the phone and then also just, like, try to think about, like, I'm sure I'll get a, at least a few more responses that with money objections. So, like, kind of try to make it a little bit more in a way where it's, like, a little bit of a harder, like, let's get on a call to discuss this more kind of a thing versus just let me know if you have questions because I always hate that because it's so, like, pe- people just will not tell you they have questions like it's not gonna break it's not gonna like move the conversation forward so I think I just need to like tweak the email a little bit totally I would ask a specific question there like what like what comes up for you in this or what do you feel like is the next best step for you or like what do you feel like is true after reading this or whatever right like very specific Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I feel like I think that was like the main reason I didn't feel great about those emails was like the end just felt like it kind of like fell off Mm -hmm. a little bit which I know like doesn't work so but I wanted to like get the responses out to them so we'll see well and the good news is is like that was just like a first follow-up it's not like you like screwed that up or anything like you have every opportunity to go back and have more conversation with them so I think it's like it's just a learning curve it's not like a bad thing but I would definitely say like your biggest focal point is 
on that idea of like, do you believe in your ability to make that money back? Do you trust yourself? All that kind of stuff, because that's really in so many ways going to be the ultimate determiner of their yes or no. Right. And so step one, get them back on the call. Step two, do you believe in your ability to make this money back? If not, let's actually talk that through. Right. Like, why not? Like, what's behind that? Like, what's on the deeper level of that? Exactly. An objection question that I really love that I just want to point out here is basically like, do you believe in your ability to make your money back if you invest? Right. That's really going to help you see, like, is this person like I really fundamentally believe in myself in that way or like I really fundamentally do not know if I will make it back. And not only do I not know, but I just don't trust that I will. And I'm not saying that everyone has to trust it 100%. What I'm saying is that it makes it really clear what conversation you should be having, right? If the objection is about money, but they fundamentally don't believe in their ability to make money back, the objection is really about trusting themselves to make that money back. Does that make sense? That's a very important distinction, right? Because I think we spend so often spinning around the money question. And the truth is, it's usually like, I don't believe in myself to make that money back. Well, if that's true, of course you don't want to invest money. I mean, right? Like that that makes so much sense. I certainly wouldn't invest in coaching if I didn't believe in my ability to make that money back. But this is an area where you can really coach someone through that and really overcome an objection and help them see how they're holding themselves back with that thought and with that mindset and with that mentality. So that go-to question that you can use here is, do you believe in your ability to make your money back if you invest? Obviously, this is if you have a business where someone is, the outcome that someone is after is making back money, but it's totally possible to apply this to other things. But this is what Sam's business is, so of course this is where we're gonna apply it to. Yeah. You know, and God only knows, right? Like I had a bad experience in the past or like I don't know always show up for things or I've been trying to build this for 10 years and I haven't or whatever it is, but then you actually know, know where the right. objection's coming from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, in your value centered thing, because um, I watched the follow-up, sec- or I think it, this was in the objection section or whatever, but it was just like, right, so you invested in other things in the past, but like, do you, so do you feel like, and you didn't follow through with them necessarily, so do you feel like the one-on-one piece is like really important for you to be like held accountable to that, to make sure that you're like fully leaning into your investment and getting everything you can out of it? So I thought that was like going to be probably really helpful. Totally, because a lot of people have done things, but most people haven't done the one-on-one yet. They've done, like, the course or something, right? Right, exactly. Beautiful. Okay, so I would just say keep keep on top of that. Also, that's totally something you can share with me in Basecamp. Like, share, feel free to share with me, like, their responses, your responses, and we can kind of play with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. That's good. Okay, so what else is coming up for you? I know you got another client in the... Marker in the agency. Yeah. So the agency got a client. Um, I started, you, thank you. Yeah. So I started doing like, um, I used to not really have like a minimum retainers, but I started doing that. So basically it's like, um, you know, a three or six month initial retainer. And then like, I need either 30 or 60 days notice of cancellation after that. So that's good. Cause it's basically just like ensures that I definitely have that. Um, you know, because I do, it is a lot more, you know, initial upstart time and cost and things like that. So that's good. So that's like a 
And then obviously like I can charge a little bit more if they're only a three month. So this client is $2,000 a month for a three month retainer, which is great. Um, so I basically, um, I have two other, um, proposals out right now still. And then one got back to me and she went with someone else. So that's fine. And then the two other ones that I have open still, one I feel really good about. Um, so I definitely think she's going to move forward. Um, I'm like less than $10,000 from 150, which is almost like more annoying, but it's like, it's fine. It's whatever. So, um, I basically have those two proposals out. And so I've kind of started to try to think like right now I'm starting to feel weird about that. We're already in November. And I like we talked about this last time a little bit, I think. But like I really don't have a vision for the new version of the businesses right Mm -hmm. now. And it's like November. And normally I'd be like starting to do my 2020 planning. And I just like don't. I'm at a loss basically. So I've been kind of starting to think that, like, originally I said, like, I'm going to get to 150 in the agency and then I want to grow the coaching to, like, 50 and then I can, like, reassess. So I kind of want to, like, that still feels good. So basically, like, I have these two proposals out. Oh, and then I got, like, I actually have another prospective client call that came in to me this week. So that might end up being a third proposal. But basically, like, I'm just going to let that like they can flow to me. But like, I'm not really going to be doing actively gen for the agency right now, I don't think. Because I really want to just like have that going, you know, I have my VA. So that's going to start to take up a little bit less of my time each day and each week. I'm at the 150. And so like, I want to like pivot to focus more on like the coaching, like, you know, once we get over like pitching all of the scholarship people, you know, what does that look like next? What do I need to do there? All of that kind of stuff is what I'm feeling good about. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So, so in other words, you're saying like, you're still totally on track with the idea of like hit that last 150, continue onboarding the VA, free up the time dedicated toward coaching, coaching. You're just kind of like, but what does that dedicated time look like from now on after I'm done with the scholarship, right? Yeah, for sure. And for a while, I, like, wasn't sure if I was going to want to stick to the 150 or, like, if I was going to want to get the agency to 200. But it's, like, honestly, like, right now, if I'm about to have these three proposals out, like, I, the agency could get to, like, almost 175 without me doing anything right now. So it's kind of, like, I don't want to do any additional lead gen right now because then all I'm doing is – you know, the agency will continue to take up more of my time, even with the VA. So, so yeah, figuring out the new normal. One thing I really love that I want to point out here is that Sam was mentioning proposals that she has out and she said, one went with someone else and that's fine. And I, I just cannot skip over that because it is the six figure business owner mindset in a nutshell, which is like, there will be things that are good. There will be things that are not. And if I make them mean anything, I will make myself crazy, right? So after you've grown a business for as long as Sam has, what you realize is that sometimes someone will go with you, sometimes they'll go with someone else. And it means nothing about your ability to grow or run your business or be amazing. When you're newer, or even when you're scaling, you know, toward that bigger goal, what can happen is that we sometimes forget that. And we think that someone saying no means that our business won't be successful, or it means that we don't have value, or it means something about us, or it means that we screwed it up. When you can just go, someone going with someone else just means that someone went with something else. (laughs) It's so much easier to move forward in your business. And I don't mean never learn from that. I just mean, don't make it mean something about 
who you are, how good you are, how good your business is, or how successful it will be, because it means none of those things. It is literally just the course of business, right? I'm sure you could apply this to a million uh, things, but it's like sometimes I go to this restaurant and sometimes I go to that restaurant. It has nothing to do with the value of either, it just has to do with like what was the best fit for me at the time, right? And if you can start looking at your business in that way and the yeses and nos you get in that way, it gives you so much more freedom because it stops meaning that you can't grow or that you can't get the next client. And it starts meaning that you're just a business owner running a business. And so I hope that's super helpful. So let's say hypothetically, we get this, this 150, we get the VA onboarded. How much of the time do you think the agency is taking up a week at that point? I don't even know. It's hard. I don't know because it's kind of hard to tell right now just because like I have gotten a couple of new clients while I was also doing all of the scholarship stuff and the VA stuff. Right. So that was like so extremely busy that now I don't I'm not really sure how much time it's going to take, especially because I've gotten a couple new clients in that time. So I don't know. I kind of have to think about that. I mean, ideally, I would love for it to take me like 15 hours a week. Yeah. Max. That would be great. So I'll just put on your list to kind of like do a little bit more of an in-depth look at that. But like, let's say approximately 15, right? Yeah. I think I need to like goal it out and then like pay attention to it and figure out if how far off I am from my goal in reality. Exactly. Because I think it's one of those things too, where like you said, like it's just hasn't been about the time at this point, like you've been willing to spend the time, but now we have to be a little more strategic about it as you want to like add in those foundational pieces of coaching that are going to be there long-term, right? Like consistent marketing, all of that. Right. Yeah. I'm definitely, it's like really funny. I realized in the last like week, maybe a little less than a week, maybe just this week since Monday, I'm like, I mean, this is like a little woo, but it's whatever. But it's like, I feel uncomfortable, but it's because I'm leveling up. I think Mm -hmm. I said that to you in base camp, but it definitely is like, I feel weird and uncomfortable, not really in a bad way. Just like there's a lot of like, I don't know, unknowns, new normals, things like that. And so it's like, I feel weird about it, but it's also just because like, I'm been scared, like, you know, I've just scaled like so aggressively in the last like six to eight months. Well, I think something else that's interesting about that, too, is not only that, but on top of that, you have also really kind of been doing the same thing for how many years at this point? Yeah, a long time. Like, right? So there comes a point sometimes where it doesn't actually feel challenging anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It feel good, but not challenging, right? Right. And so then when you come to the point where like almost everything you're doing is challenging you in a new way. Right. Yeah. Shit gets heavy fast, you know. Yeah, for sure. But not bad. Like you said, just taking myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just like I'm recognizing that that is that is why I'm feeling the way that I am, which is fine. Does that change your behavior at all? Like, do does that make you want to pull back? Does that make you want to slow down does that make you kind of crash like I mean it may do none of those things I'm just curious like what that experience Um, 
creates for you? I don't know. Not really. I don't know. Maybe slow down, but like not really with the coaching. Just like I want to like really intentionally slow down. Like overall, that's probably partially because I was so busy the last month, which I knew I was going to be. Right. Yeah. Um. So it's probably like I do feel like yeah. Like I don't want to do more lead gen because the agency is exactly where I said I wanted it to be, and so I'm just like you know, forcing myself to not be like, okay, great. Now 200 with the agency. Like, no, I don't want to do that because I want to like slow down and give myself space to like really be able to like focus on the coaching piece and also just like have time for myself, like in other realms of my life, like work out or like things like that. Right. Which I just like haven't had in a while. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like even like, not even necessarily that I haven't had the time, but, like, I haven't had, like, the mind space, right? So it's just, like, the only thing I have energy for is, like, binge-watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. So so it's kind of, like, I definitely – I don't know that it's necessarily slowing down, but, like, I want to just, like, make sure I'm, like, allowing that space so that, like, I can give the coaching piece, like, the energy that I want to give to it and, like, the space and mind and, you know, attention that I want to give to it. Well, I think there's something that's very challenging sometimes about turning down easy money. (laughs) Yeah, I really struggle with that. I've gotten better at it over the years, but it's tough. It's so tough, right? So like it feels easy at this point if you wanted to, especially with the addition of the VA or whatever to scale to 200. And it's the, the more comfortable thing. It's the easier thing. Like all roads kind of point that way in your brain to a certain extent, right? Right. Yeah. But at a deeper level, you know what you genuinely want is the coaching, but it's like this push-pull sometimes because it's like the discomfort that is required in that, the turning down easy money, the saying no to something that you've, you know, found really easy over time. And so I think some of that is just giving yourself a little bit of like grace through that of like, you know, it makes sense that I'm feeling this discomfort and like, it's okay because I like know I'm choosing that on purpose, right? So one of the things that's uncomfortable about up-leveling or growing your business in a certain way is that inherently at some point you're turning down money, right? You're saying no to this so you can say yes to this. So in in Sam's case, she's going to have to say no to certain things in the agency so she can say yes to certain things in coaching potentially, right? Or you might be someone that has to say no to more one-on-one clients so you can say yes to more time to build out your course. It, it doesn't matter what the specifics are, but typically there will be a time where you have to say no to something that's going to keep you at your same level to say yes to something else that gets you to the next level. And that is so uncomfortable. Like being a business owner that's turning down money is wildly uncomfortable in so many ways. I've totally been there myself multiple times and I can tell you for sure that it is not an easy thing, but it is an important thing. And that is one of the biggest discomforts of up-leveling is saying no to all of the things that you're used to and that keep you safe so you can say yes to the things that are new and exciting and that you want to move toward. And so I just want to point out that if you're someone who's scaling and are having to make those decisions and are feeling discomfort in them, it does not mean that you shouldn't make them. It just means that all of us feel that discomfort and those are the difficult and challenging points of scaling and growing and up-leveling, but it's the good stuff too because it clarifies your priorities it helps you really focus on what you need to focus on and it helps you say yes to the things you really want to be saying yes to. So it will be uncomfortable and it still is the right thing and it's still a good thing. 
Yeah, I'm we're I'm going on like a vacation the week after Thanksgiving, and part of me is just like I think that none of this is going to be a problem after I have a fucking vacation. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it might just be that, and then it'll kind of work itself out. I think your training next week will help a lot too, actually. Yeah, I think that'll be good because it is definitely going to be like I'm stepping away. Like even though I'm still going to be super busy the next week, like I am stepping away, which I haven't done since like yeah. February. And it is a lot of like just like the topic of the training, like NLP and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. Like I think even that like a lot of people have like crazy, like great shifts just while they're doing the training because it's yeah. like you're working on all of that mind work and stuff. So a hundred percent. I'm so excited yeah. about that for you. So let's talk about like what it looks like to move the coaching arm forward now. Does that yes. feel good? Yeah. Cause I really want to start like thinking about it so I can like be, even if it's just like mentally preparing for what I need to do next. So I think the biggest thing that we want to do from here is really just get you visible. So like with a really consistent content plan, with a consistent marketing plan and really just out there so much more. Like I think what we know to be true about you is like, you're great at being on the phone. You're great at making those connections. You're great at making those conversions. Like we just need more opportunity for you to be out there consistently so people can see that they want to have those conversations with you, right? Right. Does that piece feel true or does it feel like, I don't know about the content? No, yeah. I mean, it's like, realistically, I know it's what needs to happen. Like I do have to be more visible so that like people can see me so that they can start to know me and trust me and all that stuff. So I've been trying to think about what that looks like, because I'm definitely like not a big believer of like, oh, I need to start a podcast and be doing an IGTV show and be doing this and that and that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of am trying to figure out or like need to figure out like, what's the thing that I'm going to do that's going to be like the main thing that I can repurpose content from, right? but that's like the thing so I don't know if that's like an IGTV like kind of show or if that is a podcast or like what that is and then like I'll spin off all you know then I can pull blog posts from that and captions from that and all of that but I'm so I'm trying to figure out like what is that thing right because I don't like insta stories alone isn't really enough so I'll tell you that two things come up for me for you and then you can kind of tell me what you think about those um One of them is definitely a podcast, just because if we're thinking about your people in the nine to five arena. Yeah, it's easy because they can listen to it on their commute or like at their desk. At their desk, at at lunch. It's like pop in headphones, easy consumable content. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're really good at speaking. You're good at, you know, like pumping that out. And I think that that would probably be like a really simple piece for you. Mm hmm. The second piece that comes to mind, and the answer may be both because they're, they intertwine, right, mm-hmm. is I really feel like you would be great at leading a Facebook group. Is – yeah, I mean, are, yeah, I guess. I'm like <laughs> – like, well, the thing is, so is like, no, podcasts no, are, like, Tell me. like there, you feel like there's so many podcasts out there, but, like, realistically, podcasts is, like, still a super open platform. Like, yep. it's really great and, and an easy way to get exposure. Yeah. I'm, like, our Facebook group's over. Like, like, for people who don't already have a following. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I was, like, thinking about and not sure about. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what my opinion is, though I'm sure there are plenty of opinions out there on this, but I just totally do not think they are. I actually think they're having a resurgence. I mean, I use them constantly, even though, you know, Facebook is trying to keep me down. 
Totally. But, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think the reason is, is because no other platform has been able to replicate the community aspect of those as well. And what I yeah. think people are craving now more than ever, especially as people have gotten to be such like a number in marketing is that personal touch, personal connection, deep community, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because like on a podcast, you get that in some ways, but not in others. So it's almost like why they fit together really well, because you have this beautiful place for them to consume from you anytime, but then to actually build the relationship, where else can they go, right? Right. Yeah. So that would look like like a Facebook, a closed Facebook group. So that's, I guess, a, you know, I can drive people to that. So that is a way to start building my email list. And then it's like going live once a week in there kind of a thing. Well, and the, the way I would think about it is like the podcast can be like the front end. Right. And the Facebook group is like the second date, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we use the podcast for like all like driving traffic, right? And we use mm-hmm. the Facebook group as the place where you're taking the next step with them and going deeper and building the relationship more. So you can create traffic off the podcast and create conversions off the group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that feel okay or what's Ugh. coming up for you in that? I'm just like, fuck, I have to do all these things now that I tell people they have to do or make them pay me to do, basically. <laughs> like, you know, I don't have Such any lead. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't have any lead magnets, which is, like, fine, but that's a real thing. Or, like, yeah. you know, email courses or, like, whatever little thing. You know, it's just, like, all things that I'm going to have to do and I know I'm going to have to do. It's, like, you know, creating collateral and things yeah. like that. So well, it's just funny, right? Because it's like you do it for other people, so it almost feels less appealing to do for yourself in a way. It totally does. Yeah. It feels. It, I'm just like, oh god, I have to do all this shit now. Great, Ugh. but I mean, I think it's just like figuring out, like, okay, like what's the first step? What do I need to do? And like, then how can I repurpose that as effectively as possible? And I think it's going to be like staying like super clear with myself about like what is like the overall vision and then like what pieces do I need to create when that's exactly what it is it's like so overall vision would be like podcast is this amazing lead generator generator Facebook group is this amazing conversion element and community builder and both together like fill my coaching practice with so much ease and da 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 but like that doesn't have to be tomorrow right right yeah step one might be like launch this podcast you know what I mean Yeah, for sure. Or step one, and like this is an option too that we can talk about. Step one might just be get some great written content out, like maybe four weeks of it that we can repurpose ongoingly while you get the podcast ready. Yeah. Right. But either way, it doesn't have to look like start podcast, open group, create written content, whatever. Like it it can just be one thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of those, of those, like what comes up for you? Like, does it feel good to just think about the idea of just like getting some content out there and getting that moving does it feel way better to just like dive into the podcast like what pops up for you um I feel like in terms of written written um content like a like lead magnets do you think or just like blog posts or what are you thinking around that I'm thinking more like literal social posts, like that you could post on Instagram. Oh, okay. oh like actually like, being available online. Got it. Like actually <laughs> showing up online, not just oh, you know, that? behind the Got scenes, it. that weird shit um, that people do. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that is pretty much something like I can do immediately while like spinning up the podcast because like in reality with, 
you know, still having client work and things like that, um, I definitely would want to make sure that I'm like at least a couple of episodes ahead for the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I can make sure it stays consistent. So probably it would be like, you know, kind of figuring out a plan for content, but basically starting that. And I was gonna kind of try to map that out this week anyways, because like, I'm going to be getting a lot of good content and wanting to be sharing stuff next week anyways at the training. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that's like a really great opportunity to use that to like start conversations and things like that, um, around like those topics. So that is kind of something that I was like thinking that I probably needed to do anyways, and then start to just like figure out podcast concept like what does that look like what do I even fucking talk about (laughs) like totally all of that like thinking about that like this month and then maybe um like recording a couple of episodes this month as well yeah I mean listen I think December would be a really useful time to launch that podcast yeah right because you know that's like really laying the foundation for January. That's getting it out in advance. Say people are like traveling more around that time, getting to pop it in their headphones, like mm-hmm. promoting that's going to feel really good rather than like just the coaching package. Like there's so many upsides to, to having that be live in December, but it's freaking November 6th. So like we could be putting out content for the next month and already have more people following and interested by the time you go live, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the play. Like, I need to be, like, actively pushing on, you know, social and putting content out there, like, this whole month while I'm doing, like, the podcast in the background with a plan to, like, launch the podcast in, like, six weeks or something like that, probably. Totally. And then what's nice is you space it out, right? It's, like, content, six weeks, podcast, six weeks, Facebook group launches, whatever. Like, it, it right. you get to do those things one at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Facebook group launches, then opt-ins launch or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're not getting clients in that time, which I think is important to note because like that, you know, none of that stuff is the only determiner, right? Like you might have one right. podcast episode that totally resonates and someone hires you right away. It's just the idea of like not feeling like, well, I have to do all this fast because it's the only way I can get clients. Another really important thing in terms of up-leveling and scaling is the finding the right mentality, like the I have to do it all fast versus the like I can do one thing at a time and still assign clients piece that we've been talking about. So it can be so tempting, I think, especially like in Sam's case where she's basically building another arm of her business to feel like, oh my God, there are all these things I have to do there. Like I have to market and I have to create this website and a landing page and a this and a that. And maybe I should do a challenge. And also maybe I should, you know, launch my podcast as fast as possible. And maybe I should get even more content out and da da Like, I mean, it's just so, so vast, the opportunities and the things that we quote unquote could or should do, right? But it is never doing it all super fast that is going to get you the biggest results, in my opinion. It is doing one thing at a time really well and still signing clients along the way. So if Sam only picked one of those things, she could still sign clients. I feel like that's one of the smartest things I did in my business is that I've always been like really, really locked in on like, I wanna do one thing and do it really well and have that thing get me clients so that I have 10 other things in my back pocket that I can pull out when I wanna get more clients or scale or whatever, right? I don't, I didn't start 
my podcast until I think you're three or four of my business. Like, right. And it, it's not to say that you shouldn't start your podcast, right? It's just to say that it's nice to have things in your back pocket that you can pull out instead of trying to do everything all at once and as fast as possible. That strategic mindset is so important. And so I just wanted you to see how that's playing out here and how it doesn't mean you can't still sign clients along the way as you're building. It's actually the smartest way to build. No, definitely not. Like that's more just like, great. Like, and hopefully like as I do this, then I build brand awareness, like for me and my coaching business so that I get to a place at one point where like the leads are coming to me, but that's definitely not like where the coaching business is right now. So I'm going to have to be doing lead gen at the same time while all these other things are happening. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I have, uh, something that we could walk through to kind of create a, a quick content plan um, that I can send to you in Basecamp. But I mean, I think we don't need to make it super complicated. I would love for you to just sort of have an idea of like over the next six weeks, what am I talking about? Right. Yeah. I feel like I almost like, that's one thing that I think uh, I get caught up on sometimes is just like, what is like, what do I talk about? Like, do, how does that need to work into like an overall story or a theme? You know what I mean? Like, what's the overall narrative. So I feel like sometimes that starts to feel like overwhelming. And then that's where I'm just like, okay, screw this. Like, I'm just not going to do that now. Totally. Um, so I feel like the content plan would actually be really useful for you. I mean, I'll share with you, but I think like basically what we do is we create five core concepts in your business. Right. And then we break those five core concepts down into mini themes that you can talk about for a week at a time. Right. And the reason that's helpful is because those five core concepts drive all your content then. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. on the podcast, even in your written content, even whatever. And so it does feel like there's this um, basically like thread running through all of it instead of exactly. like Sam's just talking about whatever Sam feels like talking about this week, which isn't always bad, but it just keeps us on track, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe it's like, maybe it feels overwhelming because like the coaching business is a new thing. So it's like, in reality, I can decide what those pillars are. Like, it's my decision to make, but then I have to do that and decide on that. And it's not to say that like, those have to be the pillars forever and ever, right? right? I'm not married to that. But it is still like, I I just struggle to take this a step back, right? And sometimes like, look at the bigger picture, I guess. Well, like, let's just have fun with that for a second. Like, what are the five core concepts that come up for you in the coaching business? Like, no pressure here, but just, like, I want to show you that this can be easier there. Just, like, brain dump for me. I don't even know. I mean, I guess, like, you know, when I was talking on, like, when I was, you know, walking people through the program and stuff, it's, like, it's sales, it's marketing, it's systems and processes, it's mindset. That's four. But they're so general. Like, I feel like it needs to be more specific I don't know and then I don't know the fifth one beautiful okay so that's the whole point so sales might have five core themes under it right mm-hmm. yeah like I'm just making something up here but like it might be like <laughs> like that topic we were talking about earlier always following up past the fifth follow-up <laughs> right oh that, that be, like, specific you that think? specific like, follow-up of a theme, oh, right okay. Yeah. Another one might be like um, getting people on the phone and getting them to a yes. Right. Right. Like I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but you get what I'm saying. Like that's how yeah. specific we can get underneath these. 
So then that's a podcast topic. That's five posts you can pull. That's an email you could send out. That's a blog post. Like we're really drilling it down from there. Right. Does that make sense or what comes up for you there? No, I mean, I, I didn't think about like, I was thinking it needed to be like more like, you know, sales. And then from sales, it would be like lead gen. It would be like I don't know, getting on the phone or like whatever. (laughs) And then from there, it would be like the more specific individual topics. So the way I love to do it is to basically title the things like I would be writing a post about it or doing a podcast. So under sales, instead of Mm -hmm. lead gen, I would call it something like the top three things I do to create new leads every week. Mm -hmm. Right. And that way, like, again, that's your whole theme for the week. That's your podcast. That's a blog. That's repurposed content. Maybe you're doing a live stream on that. You're pulling up social posts from it, whatever. So it all revolves around that idea. Mm -hmm. And that's where repurposing gets easy when we're actually doing it like that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Repurposing gets really hard when we're just like randomly writing posts Monday through Friday that don't actually fit together. Yeah, or like, you know, every other third Monday, you know, which is what I do. Typically. Just get, just just saying, it might look like every other third Monday. <laughs> okay, so we have yeah. sales, marketing, systems, processes, and mindset. Yeah. You totally could just have four. Like, it's not like okay. it has to be five. I just say five to, like, give people a broad scope. But if okay. I were to pick a fifth one, I would say something around um, more like, I guess what I want to say is something about, like, leaving your job. Okay. Like, nine to five transition or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's so much of the people that you're going to be helping. And so being able to help them talk about, like, time management through that transition, mind management through that transition, um, what kind of stuff do they need to have in place to actually make that transition, all of that kind of stuff that's going to be coming up for them that we're not necessarily addressing anywhere else, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it kind of brings them back. Like, I'm talking about all these other things, but a lot of struggle is, like, do I tell my job, like, that I'm even building this thing on the side? Like, what does that conversation look like? Like, what if they're not okay with it and things like that? Like, I don't really talk about that, like, anywhere else, obviously. So they might feel like I'm almost assuming they've already left their job. Exactly. I think that's a really helpful one to have to have weaved in there. And there's so many things that you can touch on there. It's also where you get to storytell a lot, right? Right. So that's another thing I just want to add to this. And I'll put this in base camp, but this is another important piece here, which is like, mm-hmm. so we have these five things, right? Then I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you to make like four core titles under each of them. Okay. Like we just did with sales, for example, right? Right. Then under those core titles... This is just how I like to look at it. This may be too structured for you or you may fucking love it. It's totally up to you. But I like to put it through different lenses. So those lenses would be like, what's my story about this? What's my client, a client story about this? What's um, a tip or a tool I have around this? What's a challenge that I can give them to go do based on this? Right? Okay. So then there's like five things there. And what's beautiful is that not only do those five things kind of encompass everything I want them to know, but they also go together in blogs. (laughs) Right. They could be individual posts. They could get smashed together for an email. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just gives you a lot of freedom and flexibility, but it's like if you were doing the top, you know, three lead gen activities I use 
to book clients each week. Like you could tell your story about doing that. Then you can talk about a client who you helped do that. Then you could talk about a tip you have for that. You could give them a tool you use to do that and to track it or whatever. You see what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What comes up for you in that? Are you like, oh, I don't like to be that structured or are you like that level of structure helps me a ton? No, it's it makes sense because, yeah, it's like then I can identify like uh, those five pieces. OK, great. So like those five pieces are each like a f- store uh, a post in the feed. And then like I can do a couple of stories about each of those. And that like it helps it. You're basically just like pre repurposing almost at that point because you're identifying the chunks. Exactly. And then what's nice is it makes eventual um repurposing easier right because then you have all those chunks together so you can grab that blog post you can grab those five posts you can grab that video and then six months down the road or five months down the road or whatever you just reuse all of it right exactly so I would say like let's just start there and I would love to see us start getting them out um but like all I want you to feel like you have to focus on because I know you're leaving too is getting those four core titles under each written and share them with me we can play with those. And then once once that's done, when you're away, you're going to be able to feel like you can at least dive into writing when you have some space. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think being able to do that, then I'll be able to start like the podcast thing is something I have definitely thought about before, but I'm going to have to like wrap my brain around it. So identifying all those things, I can start to be like, okay, what does this look like in the form of a podcast? And then like, because that is going to need to be spun up like fairly quickly. So like, I probably need to like decide and start recording by like the end of this month. So um, like that basically has to happen sooner rather than later if I'm going to do the podcast. Totally. And I think that like this is is, to your point is a great start to that because then it's like, oh, well, what makes sense is going to be like 15 minute tips for me every week or what makes more sense is for me to like interview people on these topics or both or whatever. Like we can kind of work through all that. Right. Um, But I also love the podcast for you because I remember when we talked about doing this together, you're like, I just think podcasts are fucking awesome and I just want to be on a podcast, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm fucking obsessed with podcasts. They're my favorite thing. So, like, of course you would do one, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that definitely makes sense. So let's let's do two things this week. I'm going to give you the content plan to start working with. Um, I want you to just look at your time stuff a little bit more closely, now that we're kind of getting up to 150. Obviously, mm-hmm. keep doing the follow-ups. And then I just literally want you to brainstorm the podcast. Like, just share shit with me as it comes to mind. And I'll yeah. do the same for you, right? Yeah, I have a friend who I'm gonna see at the training next week who is also like literally launching her first podcast like right before Thanksgiving. So that'll be good because she like just did all these things. So I should be able to use her as like a sounding board also, which would be good. Yeah, she's like in it and you just get to ideate with her, right? And I think that's the whole point here is just to have fun with that like thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, like You're... talk out loud and just see what sticks kind of a thing. Exactly, exactly. So keep me posted on that. I'll share ideas with you around that too. We can just start a document that's like the podcast brain dump, but let's focus most of the energy on follow-ups and content plan right now because getting those two in place helps you move forward on the rest. Yeah, and those will be easier for me to do still next week, you know, because it's like quick emails. It's just like sitting down for a few minutes and like slowing down and thinking about it so it's definitely like I can still do it even though I'm gonna be out of pocket next week 
Totally. So that'd be good. Amazing. Does this feel more clear for you? Do you feel a little more settled here? No, but I think I will after the next two weeks. <laughs> Let, let's re-ask that. Does it feel more clear in terms of like seeing what your next steps are versus yeah, like yeah. feeling the overwhelm? It's the overwhelm of getting it all done, but the clarity feels more present. Yeah, for, I, I think so. And it's like, yeah, like I think what was making me feel uncomfortable is just like, I don't know what is next. Yep. So so I think that's good. Like I have the kind of next few steps mapped. And so, um, you know, and like I can always make adjustments, but at least like I know what I need to be doing and focusing on next. The last thing that I really want to point out that I absolutely am obsessed with about this session for you guys to be able to see is that what Sam said that she knows this business requires for her right now is content and lead gen, right? Content and lead gen are like the two biggest factors she knows she has to start putting out content to generate those leads and start focusing in that area. I totally agree with her. Number one, it's really important that she has that focus. But what I really want you to see and what is so valuable is that even the same person might build two businesses differently. Sam did not put out content when she was building her digital agency. She has not put out content at all for it up until this point, really. But she can see that for this business in this way, content is a thing. And what's so valuable about that is that I'm saying all the time, find your own way, do it your way. It depends on your business. It depends on your personality. It depends on all of these things, right? And so you can even see here based on the same person having two different businesses, they're going to use two different ways to start it up. And I really hope that gives you permission where it's not like there's one perfect way or one perfect thing, because even the same person will do it two different ways, depending on audience type of business, all of that kind of stuff, right? And you can see that playing out here. And so the focus is really important and the ability to do it differently. She's not going, well, I did it this one way once and it worked really well, so I can only and ever do it that way. No, she's like, I'm, I can see how in this arena, I need to do it this way and I'm willing to do that. So beautiful, so important, such a huge takeaway. It's also a takeaway if you're scaling, right? You may have built this business in a certain way and you may scale it in a different way. So just keep that in mind. There is no perfect way. It is figuring out what is the right way for you and your business at that time. Totally. Well, the one thing I would say is like, of course, reach out to me on all the other stuff, but also keep processing that discomfort. Like, if that keeps coming up and you're still feeling a lot of that and even maybe feeling it through this idea of like, here are my next steps. Like I want you to just keep sharing that with me in Basecamp, keep reaching out about that because like continuing to like look at that process and what stories come up around that and what feelings come up around that is so, so, so valuable. So just like know that I'm here for that too. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. All right. Have so much fun at your training. I can't wait to hear about it and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. 
You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.